And just like that, everybody, we are back for another episode of Leap into the Week. Happy Monday morning to everyone. And as always, a pleasure to bring to you Mr. Patrick Fingles, President, CEO over at Leap. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Man, doing good. Uh, folks, if you have not checked it out, make sure you check out weeks one through five for some incredible stuff. Last week, we were able to talk to Patrick um, about the, the value of radio um, and something that I know a lot of people out there have had a lot of questions about. Um, and uh, hopefully get some value out of that. So if you're wondering if that if radio is the right choice for your contracting business, go back and listen to week number five. Now today, man, you are the perfect person to talk to about our topic today. And that is how do you develop leadership within a company? Um, and I think that there's this tug of war between do you hire from the outside, bring in new blood into a company? Do you promote from within? And I'd like to start with more of a general question to you about that, Patrick. As a philosophy, is it better to, on general, is it better to bring up from within the company or to hire from that outside and bring in new blood? What are your thoughts? Well, so I learned something. And it, it's funny, man, as your business scales, you get exposed to new things. And you're like, oh, man, I wish I would have known that when I started. Mm -hmm. It's really important to delineate. Well, what are you doing? Are you hiring ability or are you hiring experience? Because if you're hiring experience, it's more black and white. I need someone that has managed a 20-person sales team and has pivoted them from an inbound sales team working radio leads to an outbound sales team that works, you know, uh, canvassing leads. It's a harder-to-sell lead. I need the experience. So then I look at my org. Does anybody, anybody, maybe not the person that is going to lead the charge, but does, do we have the experience inside the company period and if the answer is no then you have no choice you have to go outside because you need the experience you need the playbook now if you're if you have the experience because maybe you have it personally you did it at another company you were at your cfo knows how to do it one of your executive knows how to do it but they're not going to leave the charge then you say hey we have the experience inside the company it's there. We need somebody to lead the charge. So then you're looking, okay, do we have somebody that we can develop? Does somebody have the leadership still? With this experience guidance, can somebody come up and become an executor? And then they get that valuable experience for themselves. And they did it in a number one seat or in a number two seat. Um, so I, I, that's a delineation that I think a lot of people don't make when they think about it. They just kind of Hey, you know what? We should do X, Y, Z. That's the next thing for our business. All right, great. Who do we have? It's always easier to take somebody from within because hiring is a pain in the ass. Is experience relevant? No, experience is not relevant. Okay, great. Let's pull them up the ladder. That typically fails. It can succeed if you, if you think through that and be like, we don't have the experience internally to support this leader, uh, but I do have uh, somebody in my network that we're going to bring on a fractional basis as a mentor to this leader. I'm going to connect the two of them and collectively they're going to run it. So I call it the number one and number two seat. The number two, one seat is somebody that's actually done it. The number two seat is somebody that's actually been brought along for the ride. And now they're ready to take the number one seat. All right. Well, let's talk about that. I wanted to go back to something you said in an earlier, I think it was uh, week number three. We talked about st the stages of the business stability. All right. Mm -hmm. I think it can be easy, Patrick, when you got a great sales rep and stability to, to want to move that person over to the management position. But too often 
it doesn't succeed. The mm-hmm. talent they had in the position of actually doing the work doesn't transfer into the management. I'd like to know your opinion on why that happens so often. Is it is it a failure of leadership from that number one? Is it culture? Is it that it's just talent doesn't doesn't translate to management? Well, most of the time, most of the time. Well, the reason it doesn't. Well, why does it happen? Most of the time, it's your number one rep is looking for a promotion, and you don't know how to tell him no because he's going to leave and he's going to go get it someplace else. You know what I'm saying? So let's just call a spade a spade. I mean, people push their way to the top and good for them. They should. They've been successful for you. They deserve it. If you're not going to do it for me, somebody else is going to do it for me. So give me the opportunity. Do you ever weigh? You're in that hard situation. What most of the time happens is you try to extend that window as long as you possibly can. Right. So like you, 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 you string your people along, really. I mean, that's what people do. And you're like, hey, man, OK, next year I need you to do this. Go read this management book, you know, yada, 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 yada. Um, and so, you know, you end up you end up kind of doing that. Going back to the experience thing, experience is a really important thing because you're like, hey, we don't have somebody on the team that's done this. So I don't have somebody to connect you with. I'd love to let you lead the charge. But I can't. I need. I need somebody that's been there, done that. I need somebody that's got the successful track record for the experience. So what I can do is I can bring them in, and you can work underneath them, watch them lead the charge, and then once you have that number two seat experience, then you know effectively you'd be ready to take the number one position. You'd be ready for management if all if all things go well, and you're still interested once you understand what it takes. But you're not coming from a vantage point of experience right now. You're coming from an advantage point of like you know, thought. So, you know, that's the way to kind of do, do, do that right and properly. And if you do that, I think it can work out. I look, there's all these, like, you know, you know, all these quotes, those who can do those who can't teach, right? Like there's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, um, you know, you're in sales for a reason, you know, um, you know, so, you know, but I, I have seen the best salespeople become the best sales managers. And I have seen the best salespeople be the worst sales managers. I've seen the worst salespeople become good sales managers, and I've seen the worst salespeople be terrible sales managers. So, you you know, I don't have like a hard and fast rule. I mean, it is, it is a, you know, you, you, you always start with a job description. What is the job description? Then you start with, then you go to what's called a candidate profile. Here's the job description. Here's the skills that I need to do that job. Here's the comp to support those skills. Here's how much I have to pay to get that in market. So if you think of those three things, you know, and then so if you have somebody, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent, you take those three philosophies. Do you check the boxes on this candidate profile? If you're a great salesperson, great. If you're a bad salesperson, great. Do you check these candidate? Do you check these this this profile? Because this is the job description. This is the profile needed. And here's the comp I think I need to get that profile. If you can get on board with the comp, you check the profile, then great, job's yours. With the exception of whether or not I've delineated that I have the experience so I can give that person that first opportunity and they can be the number two behind me or whether I haven't actually done that. Doesn't mean I, there's a difference between I think I can and I have. Mm-hmm. And or, or so I need to go out and I need to buy the experience. So if you take that kind of, algorithm or that kind of matrix and say, okay, do we have the experience on site? We don't have the experience. Okay. We're buying it. That answers that internal, external conversation. We do have the experience on site. Okay, great job description. 
candidate profile? Do we have anybody that fits that candidate profile? And put blinders on to what they do inside your company. Put blinders on to whether they're good at sales or not. Just put blinders on to that. Do, do they fit the candidate profile to accomplish the job description? And if they do, you hope the comp works. And if the comp doesn't work, then I'm sorry, I got to go out the market because this is the fair comp for this. And it makes it a lot more black and white, you know? So I've got to, I've got to know this for me because you, you, you built these companies, you're, you know, you're, you're crushing it with leap. Everybody sees it right now. You ever made the mistake, man, of following, let's just say, or maybe it's not a mistake, following your gut on somebody. Like you saw everything you just said right there, but you mm -hmm. just looked at the person you go, there's something about them that I feel in my gut as a leader is going to work. I, I'd want to know from you, has that worked out for you? What advice do you have for other leaders out there who may be struggling? Like maybe this person isn't the most experienced or maybe they don't have the most sales, but I got a feeling, I got this gut that tells me they're right for this position. Yeah. It's probably like asking me if I'm up or down in my lifetime at the casino. You know, I'm like, eh, I think I'm break even. <laughs> <laughs> just you know no i just uh no you know yeah i mean there's successes listen i the thing i just said i, I didn't do that i like promoted my best guy and i brought people along and we did it on swag and a lot of times it worked but here's this thing that you ever heard of peter principle no talk to me about it uh peter principle you can google it peter principle is the idea that you promote somebody till they're incompetent okay. so you know, Jennifer does a job, Jack does a job, whatever. Jennifer, Jack do a job. They do it really well. You promote them. It, what do you do if they do that job really well? You promote them again. What do you do if they do that job really well? You promote them again. And this continues until they either are the CEO of the company or they can't do, They you, you've taken them up and they're like, oh, they're not doing it again because you know, I know like companies like, no, that's not true. I do my job really well. I've never been promoted. Well, maybe that company's not growing or something like that. But the, the logic of it is, is you, if you promote somebody based on whether they do their current job really well or not, and you followed that pattern, eventually they would get promoted until they're at the top of the ladder and, or they failed. Mm -hmm. And I've done that many times in my career. I've promoted people to their incompetence level and, and incompetency is such a nasty word. Like the word incompetent, it just got such a negative tone to it. But it's really not a negative word. Knowing what we're competent to do and what we're not competent to do is really important in life. Like, you know, you need heart surgery. You don't want me slicing your ass open, right? I, you know, the, you need to get from, you know, uh, you know, here to Florida in a hurry. You need a pilot. I'm not your guy. So it's really black and white. It gets blurry when something is just within your reach, you know, Hey, I'm a sales guy. I think I could be a sales manager. That's not as black and white as asking him. Hey, we're looking for a pilot. You want to apply? No, I don't want to apply. I'm not wrecking the plane and killing everybody. Mm -hmm. So it gets, it's, it's like this gray area, but it, it's literally, it's just, it's just as challenging, you know? Um, you know, we so, have, a yeah. So I just, you know, so it's that, that's Peter principle. It's the, it's the idea of like logically, if you promote people based on how they do, eventually you promote them to their incompetent and then you let them go. And that happens a lot. Somebody's got that story. Like, man, I did that with Mike, man. He started, he was my project manager. I made him an installation manager. I made him a director of installation, made him director of ops. He was out over his skis. We tried to demote him back down, but it just didn't work. 
And now yeah. that he's had that director of ops title, Mike is going to go out there and he's going to get another job. And you're going to watch his LinkedIn every one and a half years. He's going to move jobs as a director of ops because he's got the experience and somebody will take a chance on him. But it's just out over his skis. He was a great installation manager. He could have made a career out of it. Or, you know, you can develop yourself. But what you need to do is you need to get in a number two seat. And that's what people forget about because they don't have the experience and they're trying to do something. So, Mike, what he should do is, but man, I failed as a director of installation. I want to go back into an installation manager. I want to bring in an experienced director of installation. Let me work underneath of that person to see where the shortcomings, my shortcomings are and where I was missing. Let me let manage to see that director of installation in the number two seat. And then I'm going to go back out into the world and I'm going to get a director of installation job. And I'm going to have my first crack at number one because I saw it in a number two. So I'm interviewing. I'm like, hey, I was the installation second in command to the director of installation for a company that went from 10 million to 30 million over two years. I can tell you exactly how we did it, exactly what we do, exactly what my boss did. And I did it in the number two seat. I'm looking for the opportunity to lead that charge now. I've got that. And that's my final question here for you, Patrick, is this. When, when you look at that within your companies, let's just say by a department, let's say a sales department, you've got a number one in sales, maybe a number two or three. If you, let's say you get that guy, that number two out over their skis a little bit, who do you ultimately put the responsibility on to get that person up to the level they should be? Does it fall on that person who has failed at that position to be self-aware enough to go, hey, listen, I... I I didn't know how to do this. I got I got to step up my own game. Or do you feel that falls on that number one within that department or company to go, hey man, let me reel you back in here. Let me say, hey, you you didn't you you're you're too far out. You know, you didn't have enough experience for this one. Let me put somebody and put you in the right place to be able to succeed. Who ultimately, in your opinion, has that responsibility? Yeah, well, listen, I learned this about ten years ago. You're born with your IQ, but your EQ. Your emotional intelligence score, your EQ score, you can change. So, you know, that's emotional intelligence. So that's going to come down to both parties. What I just said about John, like everybody was like, man, that's John's amazing. Mike, I forget his name, but the guy that said I was under director installation and we saw scale from 10 to 20 million. Now I'm going to go apply for a company that's working at 10, that $10 million round now. Tell him I was in a number two seat. I took a step back to really watch that and learn that he had the emotional intelligence to realize that he had been put into a position that he wasn't competent to deliver on. Most people don't do that. Most people blame it on the environment. They'll blame. They don't take the self-responsibility over it. Um, so in, in that scenario that you gave me, it can, both parties can do it. If you're a salesperson right now, if you're a sales manager right now and you're struggling and you've never really been behind a great number one, and you're making excuses and you're shifting the responsibility outward and you're just trying to paddle and keep your head above water, trying to figure out how to get your reps motivated and nothing's working and your boss is breathing down your neck. It's very hard to be successful at something if something hasn't showed you the path. I mean, just look at it. You know, it's, it's just organic. I mean, it's, you know, you learn. Yes. So the idea that you can just do it, it, it's, it can happen. Sure. But it's better to learn. Um, so, you know, going to your boss and be like, Hey man, I think we should bring somebody in. I'd love to stay in a team lead role. Let's bring somebody in that has the experience, not somebody else. Don't promote somebody around me. That ain't going to work. I want to learn from somebody that's done this as a successful track record. Let's go to market. Let's get that person. And then we can expand into another market or we can open another office. And I'll take that once I'm ready. Cause I need to, 
I just need access or you got to go get me a mentor or something like that. You know, I need access to somebody that's in a company that's higher up, that's doing this job successfully so I can have that. I've read some books, you know, I've asked around. That's not enough. I need direction. I need to take order. I need to yeah, game. I need, I need a coach. So, you know, uh, that would be an awesome thing for that person to say. But they're just not open to that. They haven't been mentored. They don't understand that that's a good thing to say. Um, and it's okay to not be successful at something that you haven't been shown how to be successful at. If that person's not saying that, then the manager can say that. Hey, I set you up. I haven't even done this. I'm asking you to do something that I we don't have anybody in this company that has ever successfully done it. We're just operating on we think we can. You know, the one thing I'm going to take away from this, Patrick, is the, the importance of experience. You know, when you're talking about the experience of knowing you've been there before, you've done it, not you think you can do it, as you said, but that experience of an individual in a company, the importance, I should say, of an experience within somebody, within a position to know you've done it, know how to do it. And these people who have the talent to surround them with someone who has the experience to show them that roadmap so that they can be successful. That's that's my big takeaway from today, brother. Yeah. And listen, man, there's trailblazers out there. There always is, right? The Wright brothers built the first plane. Then Howard Hughes came in and built jumbo jets. And somebody came in and built, you know, you know, uh, uh, what was the big, I can't think of the, the company. But anyway, you know, so it's like there's, you don't have to. Like, I always play devil's advocate. The idea that you can't do something for the first time without somebody showing you how to is an archaic way of like thinking, sure, we want trailblazers out there. But if you're trying to build and your money motivated to build the most successful company you can, you could do it faster with experience. I love you it. Know? So it, it, is, it is, there's a really important balance. The other thing I want to say, because I have employees and it's not all about, you don't have to have experience to get a job. You, you know, to get a promotion. That's not the point. You just need the, the right direction. You need the right learnings to, you know, you need the right mentorship and then you come up the ladder. So if you have leaders over top of young leaders and those young leaders are developing those leaders, then sure, those leaders will be able to take those number one seats and they'll be able to lead those charges. But they've done it because they've been shown the way, you know, at that size and scale. And again, I do like to have blended experience. So like I said, Maybe your COO that you just hired or your CFO at your roofing company you took from a company that he helped grow from 10 to 20 million and he knows go to market strategy. So now you can take, you know, this guy that's been working for you for three years that would just do anything for you and is ready to lead that charge. So now you have the experience and you have the, the, the drive and the desire. You mix those two things together, the combination of experience and grit, and you're off to the races. So you are correct in that, but I don't want to shoot down our trailblazers out there. I want to be politically correct in that. Don't ever be afraid to throw your hand in the ring and try something that you haven't done before. But if you're not successful at it, experience could be the part. That could be the reason. All right. So, you know, anyway, that's it. Yeah, experience. I just didn't want to isolate the charger, you know, so. Yeah, I completely understand. Well, everybody, I'll tell you what, if you want to go back and look at this, the importance of experience is definitely there in leadership, in my opinion, within your company. The people that are willing to step up and say, hey, listen, we're going to be able to help you get to where you want to get to. There's got to be that that desire to want to help others within your company. And you've got to have people that have been there and done it if you want to be able to grow. Um, and then also, man, sometimes you just got to take a chance on those trailblazers. Um, yeah, you know, man, you want the Lewis and Clark, that's fine, but we'll probably find your skeleton somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> Yes. Well, but you paved the trail for you paved the trail for the next guy, right? So it's like, 
you know, I mean, don't, you know, you can do it, but I just, you know, I I've learned, you know, along the way that, yeah, that experience, that matrix of like, it just makes it, it makes it black and white. Is this, do we need the experience on site? We do. Okay, great. We're going outside. Do we have the experience on site? We have it. Okay. Is there an opportunity for leadership development? What's the job description? What's the candidate profile to do that job? Do we have anybody that meets that candidate profile? Folks, so we have the experience. We have maybe we don't. Then we got to go back to market because sometimes your experienced person doesn't want to lead the charge. Like, hey, I got the know-how. I can mentor it, but I'm not like I'm not going to do the day-to-day management on it. Matter of fact, often, you know, and that's where your mid-level managers come into play. So, well, that's because they have the experience to know they don't want to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, <laughs> I can help. You know, I, I got the playbook. You know, uh, you know. And that's why head coaches have offensive and defensive coordinators that are out on the field a little bit more and. You know, but they they know how to lead the offense. They know how to lead the defense, but, you know, they're not doing it. So, Folks, his name is Patrick Fingles, President and CEO over at Leap. I encourage you to join us next week. It'll be episode seven of Leap into the Week. Uh, We're going to be asking some first questions for him. In other words, if this was your first time going through this again, Patrick, we're going to kind of pick your brain on what you would do in that situation for a business owner. Folks, we're going to be back next week, every Monday here with Patrick Fingles and Leap into the week. Until next time, everyone.